0: Hello, everyone, and we are live episode 46 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Nick Hunter. Today, we're talking about Nick's journey as an early franchisee of Rebel Training and a brand new software he's developed, Recover. Nick, how are you, mate?
1: I'm good, mate. Really good. You us
0: Thank you, mate. Let's cue the intro and we'll get started.
1: Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch and along with Jamie, we are your hosts and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing to lead generation to sales to retention to staff and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode and we will speak with you soon.
0: So Nick, I've got to say this quickly. It says we talk about sales, retention and stuff, but let's be honest, it's usually lead generation and sales. It's not much about retention, which is why I invited you onto the podcast today. Mate, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, I must admit, I was going through your podcast the other day. And it is very heavy leads and, and sales. So I'm uh, I'm mate, glad you invited me on.
0: Right. Sex sells, right? Gym owners don't want to hear about retention. <laughs>
1: but Tell mate, me about it.
0: As, as we both know, as we are both gym owners, we understand the importance of retention. Uh, and sometimes, mate, I'll go into businesses and they don't actually have a legion or sales issue. They signed up 200 people and 210 people have left my exact example mate is 2015 we opened up a gym in curry curry we signed up 280 people in three months different time in the world and we had mm-hmm. 210 cancel like where are all these bloody members
1: it's nuts It's but it's so common though isn't it yeah i think yeah. and i don't know why it is think, yeah maybe it's just because everybody else does it but you're so heavily focused on on leads and and new members and you yeah. know you ring the bell when a new member signs and it's, and it's great. But um, yeah, if they're going out the other end, you're, you're in strife.
0: Yeah. I always like to draw analogies back to fitness, mate, because our audience understands it really well. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you can, you you can do as much exercise as you want, but if you're not in a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose weight. (laughs) The principle is you can sign as many people as you want, but if more people are losing your net member movement is going to continue to go backwards. So Nick, what impressed me about you the most, mate? Is that we're the same? As in, we own gyms. We walk the walk. This isn't theory; it is practical. Now, mm-hmm. forgive me if I got this wrong. Were you the first ever franchisee of Rebel Training?
1: We were. We were. There was there was sort of a group of us. There's two or three, I think, that opened at the yeah similar time. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll claim it. We're definitely the number one. Number one.
0: So mate, I had the number two franchisee of F forty five on. So you're the first number one I've ever had on. Yeah. Gonna try I'm just going to track down the first franchisees of Fitstop and BFT and just complete complete the role. <laughs> but mate, before Revel, what was your experience like? Like how did you get into the fitness industry?
1: Yeah, so my like I'm actually a physio by trade. So I um yeah, was consulting for the last sort of ten years. I am um, ran my own physio clinic for probably four or five of those years um but always loved fitness you always trained off on on the side and um for me i thought you know i wanted a place where i could send my clients that were you know recovering from their uh from their injury into a space i trusted the training and the the product to get them fitter and stronger again Mm. um so I was yeah, lucky enough that, that a mate of mine approached me, and he sort of came from the fitness industry and said, "Mate, we should we should open up this gym. We've got this concept of having um, having the, the gym, but then also the physio clinic off to the side, and then yeah, the, the rest is sort of history." So the gym
0: and physio clinic to the side was that not a rebel? Was that like a, a test? Was that a different brand? A different name? What was that first location?
1: Yeah, so that was a that was a different brand, a different name. Um, they were they were another franchise that they're not longer around anymore, but they were from Sydney, um, and so we yeah you know, they had that model in in Sydney as well, um, and that's sort of what attracted us to to them. Um, but in saying that, we always knew that that was the model that we wanted, and. Yeah, even thinking about it now, going back all those days, like when you talk about the gym space, you the, the number of members that might get injured in the gym, it's mm. all about trying to keep them and, and get them back into the same facility. so um, yeah. well, mate, yeah, I've was...
0: told, told my ACL twice. So I've visited yeah. every physio in Newcastle and it took me a long time to find one that I trust and that I refer out to. And what I mean by refer out to is physios don't fear monger. And scare the members from returning, as we know that movement is the answer to most things. So it's definitely a thing that we struggle with where someone would go to a physio and they've got a bad big toe, they got a bunion. Oh, you can't do it off a body, can't do it off a body, can't, can't do it <laughs> to your membership.
1: Don't try and just stop, just stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well that's that's it, is it like yeah, my whole philosophy with, with physio was there's always something you can do. So if mm-hmm. you've got a shoulder issue, you can sit on a bike for 40 minutes. Like 100%. It's, it, it's not, it's not rocket science. And the and the thing that I think some physios don't quite understand with people that, that train, like fitness is their life. Like that's their, yeah. that's their happy place. It's their community. As soon as you yeah. pull out of that community, like their life tends to go on a, on a different yeah. way. So
0: yeah, for me, mate, I've dealt with some chronic pain in my life and people that go through chronic pain don't understand what it's like to have a sore knee for 10 years and how much it can get you down and how, Depressive is a strong word, but it, it like mm. exercise for me. It is my antidepressant. It what makes me feel good, keeps me sharp, it keeps me clean, It allows me to eat more food. Food's great. Yeah. <laughs> so for it's me, mate, good. like tra- 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 training has been my anchor since I was eighteen. And when it's taken away from me, I am a different human being.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you. are grumpy. you you're, you're not you're not a nice person to be around generally.
0: Yeah, I don't handle objections quite as well. I don't handle cancellations quite as well.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. Well, the, like the thing is, yeah, you know, again, all of our attention, but yeah, you, know, you, you often see, you know, members that will have an injury and they'll just sit on your suspension list. They'll sit there, mm-hmm. sit there for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. They they don't come back. Once once a member's on the suspension list for yeah, you know, over three four weeks, like. No on oh, the mate, yeah, they're a
0: cancellation in our world. They're on net member movement. <laughs> so, mate, I want to talk uh, about the transition from one franchise to then opening up Revel Training. Now, I think I mentioned to you, I'm in Newcastle, New South Wales. Yeah, uh, There is one Revel in Newcastle at Charlestown. Talk to me about being the first franchisee of Revel. like how you mm-hmm. opened it. What was that experience like? Because... When you open a franchise, you're effectively buying into a system, buying into a brand. But at that point in Unley, Rebel didn't have a brand. So how did you take that from unknown to known to having a successful studio?
1: Yeah, a lot of work. Um, I, I, I think like, you know, for us, because we did have a, a, a gym already and we had some members that were with us, you know, the transition for us was... Um, you know, just about bringing those members, you know, along for the the journey and, and telling the story of why we're transitioning to this to this brand. Um, yeah, I was I was lucky that that we worked really closely with Head Office to um, to get the to get the product right, to, to implement the systems that needed to be built out. Um, you know, and, and so for us it wasn't so much leaning on the franchise to help grow our gym. It was also sort of helping them build. Build their brand. Um, That's interesting, right? I,
0: I want to dive into this, mate, because I talked to a lot of franchisees that aren't exactly happy with head office. And, mate, mm-hmm. I have members in my gym that aren't happy with me, right? Like, you cannot make everyone <laughs> happy. Not every location yeah. is going to be successful. Not every person is going to follow their call it the franchisee blueprint. In that relationship, what did they give you day one that you didn't have? Or what was the biggest thing you learned transitioning from? One franchise franchise into opening another.
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing they gave us was was the workouts was the programming was the structure of the workouts and, and Rev was quite unique in a way that you know we do run um, sort of two classes, two programs at once on, on selected days. And so you know when you go into that a little bit deeper like there's a whole lot of logistical nightmare you know, in that because you, know, you need to program, uh, differently, you can't use the same equipment for, for both sides. So there's a lot of sort of complexities with, within that programming, and that's what a lot of members were attracted to because we were running the different the different styles of, of training. So that was sort of the the biggest thing that that they gave us was the programming side of things.
0: Yep. So in regards to the different types of programming, some form of periodization, some form of progression in your training, which is the exact thing that other but I'll just say other F45 slacked when they were just doing 45 seconds of star jumps. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. But you're going to get results <laughs> doing that, aren't you? <laughs> well, like, like,
0: I love, like F45 did amazing things for the industry, mate. But like, even at like our gyms, we have it where like, there's only so many star jumps you can do in 45 seconds. There's only so many burpees. Like if someone hits their weight loss goal, there has to be a progression in their training, whether it's getting stronger, whether it's getting fitter, mm-hmm. improving their aerobic capacity. Because Mm -hmm. if there isn't progression, they don't love it like us. They feel like they don't need it anymore. And I guess that's where FitStop, BFT and Revel have come in to try and, I guess, to further what F45 created, which is to have a periodized program. And I guess you with your physio background, that would have just rang a bell in your head.
1: Yeah, bang on. And, like, I think F45, like, as you said, they have done a really good thing for the industry. You know, they are... They've got a lot of people exercising and training that probably wouldn't have trained beforehand, and and really that's the more people that are moving, exercising, and training, the the better I think. And so 100%. we tend to get a lot of lot of members that come from f forty five because they're looking for that next level of of progression. f forty five
0: f forty five popularized group training at fifty dollars per week. For yeah, all of I your know. franchisees that can't sell, there's no seller required because they understand what the price is. They kind of understand the concept. So man, like speaking from someone, I'm in a hundred gyms at the moment across all the franchises except Revel. That's a good thing because it means you guys are doing well. <laughs> like F45, they still get a really good cost per league, cost per booking, cost per acquisition. But what they're missing is they just have these enormous churn rates like where these gyms have 200 members, but they lose 40 a month.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. And, and you're right, it's because there's, yeah, you know, I dare say part of it, there is no progression to their training, which I think, yeah, I think there's a couple of new studios that are rolling out definitely in SA um, that are introducing a different type of training, I guess, for F45. They're, they're including more strength based work, um, which is where the industry is going. You look at the popular trends, yeah, you know, strength training is, is right up there with. Um, you know the, the number one trend in in the fitness industry so they need to get on that bandwagon and I think that's where that's where Revel you know definitely stands out is is that the quality of programming is like nothing I've seen before so, so um, mate, that's sell what me on to sell,
0: sell me on so F, yeah. if f45 was hit and BFT fitstop and Revel they all say strength training is important I agree with you mm. so the crossfit. Mm. What actually makes Revel different? What
1: is the, the unique selling point? It, it, it's, a, it's a good question. You're putting me on under pressure here, um, well, mate, the, the marketer in but me. I think thinks,
0: the biggest. The, sorry, the marketer in me thinks if I'm marketing for a Revel, what is what is the unique selling point?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, the best the best thing about Revel is that we run two programs. So on okay. one side, we've got a program called Move which is more you know, high, higher reps, still, you know, still strength training, but sort of in between that 8, 12, 15 rep range. Okay? You're still doing your main lifts. You're still squatting. Uh, you're still doing a deadlift um, you know, every single week. They don't do a huge amount of bench press, but then pair that to our perform side, which is on the other side, which runs three times a week, um, and you squat your dead and your bench every single week and then okay. you, you've got a periodized training program that, you know, for four weeks you're doing some volume work. For the next four weeks you, you're building your base, so you might be doing rep ranges of sort of that four to, to eight range. And then you're doing your your testing week, so your, your, your last phase, which is all about building up to a one RM max. So the, cool. the structure Good. of the program is, is really um, – yeah, it's, it is the way that you, you should train, I guess, to, to get to get results. Um, yeah, yeah. If you're taking,
0: so you have an athlete at a base level, and the idea of going through both programs is you will increase your strength, you will increase your power, you'll increase your cardiovascular endurance all at one. It's not just a matter of yeah. here's your kettlebell off off you go.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not random. You, you, no, it's not just yeah. oh yeah, we'll just do this today and then we'll do this today. They spend a huge amount of time thinking about it. Um, Nick, and I'm then, insulted.
0: Yeah, the- I'm really, really insulted, Nick. I used to just get to get to the gym at five like, fifteen. <laughs> on, on the whiteboard, what what Off did I we go. do yesterday? <laughs> that's, that's exactly how I used to progress.
1: Yeah, and don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that if that's just what you want to do. But yeah, I guess it's called perform for a reason because they are looking to you know, improve there improve the performance of, of the members. So that's okay. the that, mate, That's the best thing. And the other thing is the the group-style training. Like they, like it's actual team workout. So on a Saturday, there's teams of four, teams of five. You work together as a target. You get it done. And that builds community. That builds, you know, that's your retention strategy. So it's um, – One of the most yeah, the, valuable the things
0: I learned, mate, is I played AFL for a long time uh and i love the footy club mate i love training tuesdays i love training thursday i love game day i love saturday beers i love sunday recovery and with our two gyms we actually tried to run it like a footy club where like it is the exercise the the football is a byproduct of the relationships you make at the club and i think that's where the community is so important to the gym
1: hang on it's it's funny you say that so we just had our fifth year celebration um and I got up and, and did a bit of a speech, which I don't normally do. I normally leave it all to the, the, the coaches. And I said the exact same thing, that when we started this, we, want, we had one mission, and that was to create a community-based sporting club feel to the gym and grab their characteristics of, of what makes a good sporting club and implement that into the gym space. And that's what it's all about. It's about that community. It's about... Rocking up and, and your members, you know, you're actually caring about your members and, and checking in on them and yeah, you know, building relationships and all those sorts of things.
0: Hundred percent. So you had the first ever Revel training. How many locations does Revel have today? Roughly,
1: oh, I reckon they're around twenty five. Twenty
0: five, and I guess you having that successful studio, call it the flagship studio. What was <laughs> the biggest lessons from that studio? That has been passed on to the next 24? And is there any particular thing you're proud of? Like, hey, like, I worked this out at this studio. I'm proud to see it's been brought out to, to to all the other franchisees.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, yeah, when you look in Adelaide alone or SA, I think we've got five, six, seven Rebels. So we've got the highest concentration of, of Rebels. I think that the biggest thing that I'm proud of is our community. Everyone says, you know, gyms, you you go to any gym and they say they've got the best community. We we constantly get messages from our members, new members that say, hey, I've been to some really good community-based gyms, but there's nothing quite like what I've just experienced walking in. And that's, you know, that's having, we've got members, we don't even sell, like literally we don't, we barely need to sell because we'll have new members that come in And then we'll have old members that will go up, introduce them, talk about the product, talk about the community. Mm -hmm. They'll help them throughout the session. They're laughing with the new members. They've never even met them before. And then all we have to do is just like, okay, what membership option do you want?
0: Yeah. It's one of my favorite things. When our OG members, the fittest members in the room, they walk up to the newbie and if they partner up with them, effectively sacrificing their own workout, that makes me so fucking proud.
1: Yeah. dang on. Fame. And just because they care, they they care about the community. They care about the gym. Um, yeah, yeah. That that would be hands down the, the best thing. And and I think Rebel you know, generally has you go into most studios, and, and I think the you can sort of feel the the community inside those gyms.
0: Yeah, one of the things I'm most proud of, mate, uh, and my dream is to roll it out into all 25 Rebels, If you're listening, we have an annual trivia night uh, every single year. The last seven years. We have a local family in the area in Newcastle in need. For example, it's a member's sick relative. Dog rescue Newcastle. I rescue two dogs from there. Love that organisation. We have an annual tribute night. We have every member attend. Bring a friend. Bring a partner. It's forty dollars per head. We get two hundred to two fifty at this event, and we raise ten k in a single night for a local family in need. Man, and it is so simple. It is call a community RSL. Hey, can I book this venue? Two hundred fifty people. And if your members get behind the cause, mate, they'll bring their friends, they'll bring their family. Just imagine, mate, Revel do it, one night of the year, all 25 Mm -hmm. locations do it, $250,000 to a cause. It's really fucking cool. And, mate, like I love obviously like charity boot camps and stuff, but when you get them out, get your members every time session, books a table. Man, it works so well. Mitch and I host the events. We write the questions. We we make asses of ourselves, and I think that's yeah. part of the community too—is just making sure, like, hey, like, like, yes, I love fitness. Yes, I love health. But man, I also love having a good time. And thanks, thanks for being here. I, I love that.
1: That's that's awesome. I, I love the um, raising some some money and, and charity side of things. We we run not as. Um, yeah, we essentially run a spring affair, a spring carnival. So same, same sort of thing. We do a quiz. We run sort of events. We do a fashion parade throughout the uh, throughout the day. Um, we don't raise, we don't put any money behind it. Which I think that's definitely something that we can do. So if my studio manager is yeah. listening to this, that's something that we yeah. we can do next year. But we it's put really all of cool. our yeah. late fees. We put all of our late fees towards a charity each. Man, year.
0: that's cool. Yeah, so with that New tribute night, we have like it's four dollars per head. Um, there's eight rounds of questions, and then we get a massive check made up, right? And every single person that attended the event, their name is on that check, and it's hanging up in our gym. So one thing we raised sixty-six thousand dollars for families in Newcastle. Super proud of that. But every single time a person walks into our gyms, there's a big fucking check on the wall, <laughs> like, like obviously the community is there, but like people want to give back. They want to be a part of something bigger. And it gives yeah. our members so much pride to see their names on a check when they've donated money to dog rescue Newcastle.
1: Yeah. I love that. Congratulations. Mate. That's, uh, that's thank you, mate. That's awesome.
0: in, in all seriousness, like every single gym in Australia should do it. Like, mm-hmm. cause there's something yep. about raising money for, cause we originally raised money. We raised money for um, like a breast cancer foundation. Obviously, I've got nothing against breast cancer, but there's something about doing it in the local area, man. Mm. And it's horrible exactly. to say, but someone in your community has, has a loved one that's going through it at the moment, and if you can do it for them or a member, mate, it's really, really special.
1: Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's a that's a great idea.
0: So, mate, you own Rebel Training Only first location retention let's get into the topic of today's so you've invented mm-hmm. a
1: new software
0: called recover and I'm not going yep. to pretend I know what it does yet but I guess first things first mate is I want to talk about retention in general and how important it is so mate do you want to just give us a brief summary of of what a churn rate is and how it can mm-hmm. impact gyms around Australia
1: yeah so essentially churn yeah the number of members that leave each month yeah, divided by the number of your, your total member number. So generally, gyms will sit between the 5 and 10% churn rate each each month. Um, some of your really good gyms will sit under that 5%. You know, we are lucky that we sort of sit, not lucky, we put a heap of work into it, but we sort of sit around that that 2% each month. Some of the other gyms that we work with, and we, we know, um, will sit around that 2 or 3%. Um, each month. And so, cool. really, if you, it's, mind, Nick, yeah. if you don't
0: mind, I'll expand on that. So, Jimon is listening. If you have 100 members, yeah. if you have a 10% churn rate, that means you lose 10 members a month. Now, that might not seem like a huge problem, but at scale, it certainly is. Because if you have 200 members and your churn is 10% per month, you lose 20 members. And if you have 300 members, your churn is 30 members. And if you have a profitable gym and you're churning 20 people, per month you probably need 35 to 40 trials to replace that people from there you need 200 leads for 40 trials and operationally it just adds layers and layers and layers of complexity and layers and layers of people's time that most gym owners don't have
1: yeah and and, and the other thing with that as well like think about you know the competition in your local area like if every gym is doing that in your local area like there's only so many people around in gym, so you're going to eventually, eventually you you're not going to run out, but you are you know, you're fishing in a really small pond.
0: I'd love to share a story with you, Nick, because I did run out of people. So 24, 20, 24 years old, young, thought I was great, knew nothing about life, business, knew nothing about anything. We had a location in Curry Curry. We got it to 509 members in 12 months. Luck, pure luck, timing, location. And then about three years later, we had 200 members. And we literally burned through the town. We had ads Mm -hmm. running 52 weeks a year for three years straight. Front doors open, back doors open too. So if you are a local gym owner, and it's getting harder and harder to acquire customers. Your cost per lead, cost per booking, cost per acquisition continues to go up. You are going to run out of people. So take care of the people in your studio. And that's like, man, that was a huge lesson to me. Like we, like it's, it's a real thing. Like it's not like it, there's an infinite number of people in that in Unly that will resonate with Revel.
1: Yeah, bang on, bang on. And I think as well, like yeah, the fitness space is getting more and more competitive. So. You know, probably traditionally to the last you know 5 years you, know, you probably could get away with having a churn rate of you know 7% which would be classified as about average but i think these days like if you're running a boutique gym less than you know call it less than 300 members like your churn should be below 5%. like there's no reason why it sh- it shouldn't be and you know, often it's because you know gym owners they don't they one they might not Know the benefit in churn, um, or having a member retention strategy, but two, they, they just don't focus on it, and that's not their fault. But they just haven't, they just haven't thought about it. You know, we did it for years. It was just like more leads, more sales, more new members, and that's going to grow our gym. But
0: every most gym owners know what their cost per lead is. Most gym owners don't know that the word churn even exists. <laughs> So it, it it is super important, yeah. and I think I'm part of the problem, mate. Because the first forty five episodes of the podcast have been talking yeah. about Facebook ads. <laughs> uh, but my first experience in Curry Curry, if I looked after the members that I had, and my churn rate wasn't twenty percent at the time, we would we would have made more money. And it's a yeah. crazy thought. To, it's a crazy thought to think that, like, what if every customer you acquired never left? Now, obviously, that's mm-hmm. unrealistic and you grow your business by one member a week, you're going to succeed. You can't, you can't not succeed. Like you can fall yeah. ass backwards into a successful
1: gym. Yeah. But the, yeah, the, the other thing with yeah, focusing on member attention, which is client experience, yeah, essentially, like, is yes, you're going to decrease your churn, but because you're delivering a better experience to your members, they're actually, you're going to create more referrers. So there's your, there's another lead strategy and it's a heaps easier to sell somebody that's being referred to the gym than a, than a cold lead that's walking through the door. So like, yeah. yes, you're reducing your churn by one, two, three percent, whatever it is, but then you're also increasing your lead flow from referrals. So like it's yeah. a net positive by even more.
0: Mate, I've got a two-hour live training on how to convert cold traffic over the phone through a sales script. When you're selling referrals, it's, hey... Do you want to do what your friend did?
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, what, mem- what membership do you what membership do you want to be on? I'll, I'll send you the link today. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. So, so mate, I'm going to tell you what I used to do back in the day, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what is the best practice today, and then transition into why you created your software. So, every single week, we export our members list from Whatify. We have a system where Whatify will pick up if someone hasn't booked in for a session. We've had two head coaches reach out to people on Monday saying, hey, we missed you. Let's get you back in. They haven't been on Wednesday. We send another message. Now, why I think that system is best practice. I have the advantage of having really, really great staff that I love, care, trust, been with me for five years. But it takes a shit ton of time, mate. So, like, what do you feel like is best practice today? And how does your software help with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I guess your your example... um... Yeah, you've got to export a list. You've then got to you know, constantly sort of put it in a spreadsheet to, to see the you, list that you're going through. Very quickly, our software automates that whole process. So we'll connect to Waterfire. We'll get your members coming into the list. We would notify your coaches on who hasn't been in for a period of time or, or who is at risk of cancelling. Um, which just eliminates the, the human human part of just identifying. And don't get me wrong, the person still needs to reach out to that member because you need a human element to it. But it's yep. just about making sure that it's done every single time.
0: So Nick, I love gym owners, but I'm sure you know they're all horrible with tech. So let's just slow down a little bit here. So you yep. have a software, for example, that would connect to my Waterfy And then Mm -hmm. as opposed to me having to give instructions to the staff to create a system to export the list for the staff to then reach out. And they're definitely going to miss people because they're human. Your software Mm -hmm. will automate that entire process where it will say, hey, Brody, my head coach, X person hasn't come. Please reach out today. So it just streamlines the whole approach.
1: Yep, absolutely. So we without going to too much tech talk, there's a thing called an API, which is like how systems talk to each other. Um, and essentially we, yeah, we integrate. Um, and then, yeah, we, we notify you, your coaches of, of members that that are at risk. And I think, yeah, yes, it might be that they haven't been in for a period of time, but it also might be that they're just a low user. So maybe they've gone mm. from four sessions a week to now, one session a week, that member's still at risk of cancelling.
0: 100%. Man, that is such a great point. So I'm a Google Sheet Wizard and I've got sums and formulas for everything where we track attendance weekly, but we also see 14 days and 28 days. But Mm -hmm. if you don't have that system in place, someone, the motivated person comes three times a week and then they vanish for three weeks. They are still at risk. So mate, I have a question. What is the number of sessions that you would consider a member is not at risk that they should be attending every month?
1: Yeah. So from a weekly perspective, I'd say if they're attending three sessions a week or more, well, then their risk of cancelling or suspending would would go down significantly. If it's less than that, um, I would be, yeah, that would be on my at-risk column for sure. In saying that, sometimes it's about the movement so they might always do two sessions a week and they've been around for years but maybe the, the, the person that's been training four times a week then goes down to, to two sessions or one session mm. a week because life gets busy it might not be anything to do with the actual gym itself it might be external yep. factors stress at work kids are playing up whatever it is and then they go down to one to two sessions a week and then what tends to happen is they start to feel guilty. So the members like, I used to train four or five times a week. I'm only training once or two. Like now I feel shit about myself. And, yeah. then and they thinking, feel well, maybe like maybe they're wasting their money. Bang on. Yep. They're not getting the value out of their membership, especially if they're tra- you know, if they're paying 40, 50, 60 bucks a week. And then they go, well, maybe I'll just suspend it for, for the next you know, four weeks. Yeah, I mean, Christmas no, is coming back. Someone... <laughs> Christmas is coming
0: back. Our schools back to yeah. school, it's Valentine's Day, it's Easter yeah, long weekend. After. Oh. We just get
1: after that after that next event that just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling.
0: So what you said then is really interesting. So when we sell people into gyms, I strongly recommend, hey, your goal is to get here 3 times a week. Cuz exactly what you said is someone has the expectation of 6 days a week. If they come 20 times in a month, you the physio, me the personal trainer, know that that's enough to get a result, but they think they need to do 24. So having clear expectation from the start, but what you said then mate, is just like the further you go down the retention data rabbit hole. it's how far do you want to go mm-hmm. and how granular do you want to be? And if you were to do it perfect and put as much effort into that, as you were lead generation, it would take a long period of time. So run me through the software, how that actually works. So that exact example, Lindsay is coming four days a week for six months. Lindsay drops attendance to two times a week. She doesn't appear in our no-show report because she's still coming. So, like, how does the software do that?
1: Yeah. So We essentially analyze the data. We analyze your booking systems data. And then we've, we've built some things in the back end that essentially score each member. And then if they pass that threshold, well, then they would be deemed as at risk. And so it's really simple. Like if they're at risk and they get classified as at risk through through our system, well, then they simply, your coach gets notified that, hey, Sally, I can't remember the name that you used, but Sally's you know, Sally's at risk and this is the reason why we've deemed them to be at risk. And yep. It's just a prompt to say, reach out to Sally and check in on her and see you know, why, why she's gone from four or five sessions a week to one or two sessions a week.
0: So this may blow people away but Facebook has 400,000 data points on every human being. They know they not they they know me better than I know myself, right? <laughs> so how many data points are you tracking because that example with Sally, right? That must be you must mm-hmm. be tracking attendance the week before, but you must mm-hmm. be tracking average attendance if it's dropping for her to be scored as at risk. So mate, a difficult question to answer, but what are mm-hmm. those two to three metrics? that would make up a member score?
1: Yeah. So there's lots of different data points that we we collect. Um, to really simplify, it is when their last session was, what is their average session or, or how many sessions have they completed over a period of time. Um, they're, the, they're the two main ones, really. And then we've got some other things in there like if they've if they've got an injury, yeah, they're definitely at risk of canceling. Um, if they yeah, haven't had a check-in from the coach for a period of time, they're definitely at risk of, of suspending or canceling. So there's just a whole to jump
0: in Nick. Just to jump in, Nick, with checking in with the coach, yeah. is that done through your software? So it, it like, for example, you send a message through there, and then okay, this person's been has a touch point.
1: We we don't we don't send any messages because we don't want to come across as oh, it's just an automated message because that defeats the whole purpose of a of a check in. What 100%. you what you can do is you, you go through the list and you literally press a button that I've checked in on Sally on Ben on Sarah this week, and then that sort of um, we we use that data as part of our um, yeah scoring system.
0: Awesome. So what you just explained, Nick, is a very 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 comprehensive retention system. And the majority of gym owners I know are currently doing nothing or next to nothing. So you implemented this into your gym and you mentioned to me that it went from 8% down to 2%. So like what were you doing when you were 8% compared to what do you do today?
1: Yeah. The, the, The biggest thing that we did was a shift in our just thinking it was rather than just being so focused on new members, it was, hey, let's think about actually keeping these members for a long period of time. And so when you do that, yes, you implement a system and a process like what we've got with with Recover, but you also start to see all these other opportunities that that play a role in in reducing your your suspensions and and cancellations. So we're not going to say that, yeah, if you implement Recover... It's the only thing that you need to do for retention and you're going to drop your retention to 2%. But what it does do, it allows you to start thinking about things differently. So hmm. for an example, you know, it might be, you know, what's, your, um, uh, what's your first conversation like when a new member walks through the door? Or what is your, um, you know, when was the last time that you just randomly bought a new member a gift? You know what I mean, But yeah. they've been around for two, two, three years, they're just plugging along. They might not be seeing any gains. You know, just it's just, it's just funny, say, mate,
0: because I'm thinking, let's go into Facebook, let's test these five new headlines, these five new hooks, these 10 <laughs> images. Going to get those square photos into portrait mode, going to post some reels. And if you put that much thought and detail into, well, what does the first 28 days look like for that new person? Mm. What are the touch points? What do we mm. want them to experience? And then back to the marketing side of me, if you have more touch points, it's also a great opportunity to ask for referrals. Nothing annoys me more, Nick, when no one, you don't talk to your members except when you ask for a referral. <laughs> yeah. But if, yeah, you have a weekly, if you have a weekly check-in or a weekly touch point, then on that third touch point, oh, just, just I'm not sure if you're aware, like Rebel is having a bring a friend for free Friday. Do you have anyone in mind? Yeah. But if you don't have yeah, these systems and software in place, you might, act, you might ask a member at risk for a referral and they think, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: gone. Yeah, I'm out of here. And that's and like, actually, it you know, actually, it, it
0: actually it, prompts, them, it prompts yeah. them to cancel. Yeah, it does.
1: Yeah, you're like, well, you're, you're only thinking about me because you want a new member. You don't give a shit about me as a person. But like the, the retention strategy that you mentioned before and what part of our system is, is all about, it's a reactive system. It's, okay, they haven't been in for a period of time. Shit, I need to get notified. I need to reach out to that member. The member knows. If they haven't been in for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden they're randomly getting a message from the studio manager to say, hey, mate, like, why haven't you been into the gym? Come tomorrow. We've got a wicked session going on. They know what you're trying to do. But I guess what we've tried to build into our gym and, and I guess the, the, what recovery is all about is being proactive with that So actually having a system where you check in and speak to every single member every single week, it doesn't have to be a sit down half an hour conversation, but it's just a check in. How's your training going, mate? How's life at home? Whatever it is, it might be a a like on their Instagram photo on their story or, or, or whatever, just to feel like you give a shit about that member and they're not leaving. Like if they, if they feel like they are included into the community and into the space there's no way that they're going to another gym. Even if the product down the road might be better and it's new and it's fancy, like they're not leaving your gym.
0: And it's easy to cancel a gym membership. It's really hard to cancel a community. And if I care Mm. about you as a person, Nick, it is really hard for me to flick that message. And I think what all gym owners need to realize is I worked at Anytime Fitness in 2012. When someone tried to cancel, they'd have to call the hard phone (laughs) and then I'd have to get them into the club to sign a cancellation form. When the majority of boutique gym owners, the members have a direct line to you. They can message you right now, tomorrow, or the next day saying, hey, Nick, sorry, mate, going to cancel. So you have to do everything possible to show that you care about that person to avoid that message happening or to make that message as difficult as possible to send. And you are still going to have logistical cancellations. People get pregnant, people move away, people lose their job. But not 10% of your members, that's when you can get it down to that that 2% mark.
1: Yeah, and I think as well. Like, yes, if if you can have that uh, cancellation conversation with your member, you're able to hopefully workshop through and, and see if we can come up with a solution for for that member. But in saying that, like that conversation should have happened six weeks ago.
0: Hundred percent.
1: You sh- it shouldn't be left until yeah you know, they're they're gone because again it just. It leaves a really bad taste in some members' mouths. Like we, yeah, funny. And and, talking and, about and, this.
0: Then, and and then you try and charge them thirty days, and then they hate yeah. you.
1: Like, seriously, yeah, I know. I'm with it. We we just had a we we've just transitioned from a our cleaning company that we use for the gym, and to cancel that contract has been an absolute nightmare. And now there's no way that I'm referring anybody to that cleaning company because the, the, you know, the taste that's left in our mouth is like, nah, they, yeah. they suck. yeah.
0: When I sell, mate, I sell from a position of care, love, and I build rapport and understand their reasons why, which allows me to then have the right to challenge them on some of their objections. And the principles apply with that cancellation conversation. If you haven't Mm -hmm. reached out to your members except for asking a referral, they cancel and then you come over the top. Oh, you don't care about your fitness, do you? Oh, yeah. We'll see you in the new year. I know you've got time. You have no fucking right to say that. But if Nick knows Jamie, that I play AFL, I have two dogs and Nick cares about me. Nick can actually have that mate. (laughs) Come on.
1: You're on the beers on
0: the weekend. You're on the (laughs) beers on the weekend, mate. I know what you're doing. Yeah, but you generally can't even have that love and care.
1: Yeah. No, bang on. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you.
0: So, mate, going back to the numbers, 8% down to 2%, meaning that, Mm -hmm. for example, if you have 200 members, that means that you're losing, hang on, four, four members a month. Pretty much, yeah. You would get four members a month through referrals, through website inquiries and through walk-ins so the business can replenish itself without having to engage in a highly trained marketing company. I'm available. <laughs> but if it was 8% and you needed to get 16 new members, that is when you have to put more effort into the lead gen.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the majority of we you don't, don't. We you, don't spend any money on marketing. Haven't Haven't for two years
0: and what about and then, what about what about what about when your attention wasn't as good were you net member positive net member negative
1: no nah, we were losing members for sure yeah yeah we we grew pretty well we when we were doing lots of marketing um and then we 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 started losing losing members quickly and co- i think covert the sea word um played a big role in that like it, it actually shifted our focus a little bit to like we have a really strong community here we just need to build on this um, rather than just thinking about new members um but yeah like we haven't we haven't really spent any money on on marketing for for a while now and yeah the other benefits of that is it frees up studio managers time so she doesn't need to be calling leads all the time she doesn't need to be doing sales calls all the time she doesn't need to be introducing new members into the gym yeah
0: and that's the point i was getting at like if you can fix your churn percentage the operational complexity of the business is much easier and your coaches they want to interact with people they already know and like like i'm sure we've all been there you got this big session coming up, one RM deadlift, Sally walks in first session and the coach spends the entire session with Sally. It could literally not ruin the session, but like, yeah. I'm not playing 50 cent in the club in that session. I'm having some more people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know There's definitely a no, change in the studio. Up. There's definitely yeah. a change in the studio if you've got a first timer.
1: Oh, what 100%. As you said, coaches love it. Like, they love having members that have been around for a long time because they end up being their mates. And like, mm. we've got, yeah the, there's so many knock on effects like we've got our coaching group like hasn't yeah you know, we barely lose any coaches at the moment because they love the environment that they're in you know when we were losing members all the time we had a pretty high turnover of of coaches as well um, so there's yeah like there's so many benefits to to keeping your members around and it's not yeah we're not the only ones that have come up with a member retention strategy like Good business is good business. And that's keeping your members, keeping yeah. any customer happy, really. Yeah.
0: I think what you said is really important. Like, obviously, the software is great. It can help save time. But it is shifting your belief in regards to it is as important as lead gen and sales. And when you have both, that's when you have that good business.
1: Yeah. it's It, it shouldn't be or. It's, it's and. It's lead gen and sales and member retention. And you know, yeah, we're 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 doing things at the moment. You know, we're just about to um, release like a like a short course of actual member attention and, and how to train your staff and what's really important and the different touch points that you can utilize as well. Um, because for us, yeah, education is really is really important, as you said before. A lot of gym owners don't actually understand the importance of, of churn, so it's about sort of combining combining the two. So, Nick,
0: if we install your software into Rebel and you go from losing four members a month to 16, that means you're 12 members extra a month for 12 months. That means you need to replace 96 new members. Your average lifetime value may be $2,000 per customer. I hope it's more. It would be with your system. It's more. You're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you can move that term percentage from eight down to two, with a much happier business with
1: much happier staff yeah but even yeah even just small changes like if you go from eight to seven or eight to six like it's still an extra 50 60 70,000 bucks every single year it's not you, know, you you don't have to be at two three percent to make significant change and to go from eight to six percent like it, it's not actually that hard it's a shift in focus yeah. It may be, it may be, it may be
0: like, like, this is how you give a high five. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> or just check in with your members. Just literally yeah. have a conversation with them. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not rocket science, mate.
0: So, so, Nick, I've got two more questions for you. Second to last, what made you want to automate this process? And what made you want to develop this software?
1: It's a good question. Uh, I don't think I've been asked that one before what made us to i guess it just evolved didn't it like we um, we were using probably a very similar system to what you use for for years um, and then yeah you know, we sort of ventured down the, the technology space you know we've got a um, like a member uh, member facing app which is more around uh, helping injured members and 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 providing early access to uh, to members to help get their injuries looked at. So that's also part of the whole member retention um, strategy is, you know, if you can reduce your injury rates and suspensions, well, then that helps with, with member retention. So that's sort of where we started. And then it's just sort of evolved from there to, to be this bigger beast of a thing um, because we noticed that gym owners, you know, they need help with with member retention and and, and decrease in churn. So that's really where where it started.
0: I think we're both trying to save, solve the same problem. Our done for you everything service was born out of that most gym owners, owner operators don't have time for lead gen follow-up and sales calls. And that mm-hmm. same person wouldn't have time to focus on retention. And if gym owners can get their time back, they don't burn out. And yeah. every single fit biz owner I talk to, they go through a period of burnout. And I've just never experienced that because we just don't, we just we, I've, I've got Mitch, my business partner. I'm fortunate to have that, but most people are riding solo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you, know, you know just as well as anyone, like the danger zone is that that period between, you know, maybe a hundred members, probably less, maybe eighty members to about hundred and eighty members. Because generally at that stage of the business, like you as an owner are doing everything. Taking the classes, writing the programming, doing the leads, doing the sales, doing the member retention, doing the financing, maybe doing the timetable. Like it's it's everything. And because you you can't necessarily afford to bring in good people when you're at that stage of business. And so I think like you guys do really well, yeah, having somebody or a system that takes or gives you gym owner back their time to then concentrate on what they are really good at, talking to members, programming, training, running the classes, yeah, I mm. think it's only a, it's, a, its a win-win really.
0: Mate, what's one question? That i should have asked you that i didn't ask you
1: um if the crows are going to win the grand final this year
0: and the answer is
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> absolutely I, mean, I, was, I was a center half forward i used to love warren treasurer he was my hero really
1: who, yeah, who, depend- who do you who do you bear it for
0: uh i'm more of a sydney fan but i follow the nba and usc closely but i used to just love warren Treadre. he was a big fat slow bastard like me great set of hands and a horrible kick i, I just <laughs> identify with him so well
1: well he's he was port, port adelaide Port power which yeah rival, big rivals with the crows so
0: yeah awesome well mate i really want to appreciate your time today uh if someone wants to get in contact with you how would they do that
1: Right. Probably Instagram would be the best. I don't spend a huge amount of time on that, but it's just Nick underscore Hunter, I think, underscore one, or just flick us an email at Nick at recover, dot com. Cool.
0: Awesome, mate. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Have a lovely, lovely, lovely day.